the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who's been having a wonderful week in New York City, just chilling, relaxing, celebrating weddings, going out, hanging out with the fam who's coming from the West Coast. My guy, the one and only, John Malika, my fellow bearded brethren. How are you doing today? <laughs> what an intro. What an intro. What's up, man? Always glad to be on here talking Knicks with you. Uh, yeah, dude, it was, it's been a crazy weekend. Not only in New York City, I drove to Cape Cod after work on Friday, had a wedding there. And then on Sunday, had a wedding in Brooklyn. So it's been quite an affair. Uh, but yeah, my brother's in town. Uh, niece is two years old. She just got her first pair of Jordans. So she's chilling Ooh. right now. Ooh. Did, oh, you good. got her the pair of Jordans. That's right. Remember that? Remember those? Yes. So she finally got those for her second yes. birthday. So we're good. So she's rocking those. So, you know, Things are good, man. Things are good. It's it's finally summer out in New York, so nice, everything nice. everything's good with me. And then I have, uh, I mean, anyone who's anyone's watching this Euro tournament, man. Can we? I mean, I, I don't know if you caught it, but dude, that Saturday game with uh, Denmark was insane. When Ericsson went to cardiac arrest on the field, literally died on the field. They brought him yeah, back. I don't even want. I don't even follow soccer like that. But the fact that he had went into cardiac arrest on the field, that's scary. But he's doing he's doing better, right? Like he what's the status? Yeah, he's conscious, which was like we he literally died on the field, apparently. Like lost his B and they had to literally shock wow. him. Literally crazy. So I mean it was just it was just a crazy weekend. So we have the Euro Championships going on. As you know, Alex, I got tickets to yep. game to games next starting next week. But apparently the day this podcast comes out, the rumor has it. The EU is going to let America in. So, I mean, the, the flights are really tough to get right now. So I'm a week out and I don't really have flights. So I know it's been bothering you that I don't have a schedule, but think about how, how, how it's been treating me, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like John and I, like, so this podcast is about to be international for a couple of weeks. So I've been trying to coordinate with John over here on when we're going to be recording. What's the time difference over there? Just getting a schedule set up and there's no schedule because the country will let you in. Yeah, the country will let you in, and we're working like this real. It's working real time. Uh, he's figuring out day by day what is happening. Meaning, we're trying to figure this out day by day how this podcast is going to keep going. Just for the next, just for the next three weeks, just during this year of tournament, because I have tickets to two games. Uh, but then I'm going to do some traveling. But the two games I have tickets to is Portugal versus France in Budapest. And then I have a playoff game coming up on that Sunday, June 27th. So June 23rd, June 27th. And I'll be traveling a little bit. But I'll have my mic, man. We'll be talking Knicks and Jets. The Jets are in their mini camp. There's always things going on. The Knicks are in the off season. I mean, there's no off season. I don't know how it is with all the teams. We, 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 we put it under an umbrella. The NBA has no off season, the NFL. But I, I feel like specifically for the Jets and the Knicks, man, there's just no sleeping. I feel like there's always there something going on. There isn't any true sleeping. There isn't. 
I mean, the thing about us is that we cover both these teams and we talk about Yankees. We've been following the Yankees. We're not going to talk Yankees. That's <laughs> our pride. Our, our prize and our pride and joy is just not being our pride and joy. They're doing okay, but we'll Tough. get into that later. Like once August starts coming around, when it starts really being important baseball and we, uh, that's, that's when we're going to start really getting into it. But, you know, we cover both these teams and they both have different layoff periods. So. It's just different when you're covering both teams. So one team is going to get more action, you know, during August while the Knicks are probably going to be quiet. And then things are going to be high speed for both of us, you know, watching game film for both, both teams. Once, uh, once October, November comes around in December, that's when we're really kicking into gear. And then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as of right now, it's a lot of fun. This isn't a Jets podcast, as I ta- talked about at the top of the key. It's a Knicks podcast, and we have to give kudos, John. We have to give kudos right now to some guys that won awards for us, okay, or were even nominated. We had Derek Rose, who was in the top three for sixth man of the year, didn't win, but he was still top three. Very impressive for a guy who we acquired prior to the trade deadline. You know, Absolutely. Super Bowl Sunday is when we got him. And we traded DSJ, the Charlotte Hornets second rounder, and a bag of chips just to get this guy on our <laughs> team. And hey, he he was a he was a catalyst for that second unit, and it was a true catalyst for us in the playoffs. Really, really left it all on the court. Nothing more to say about him. Just love everything that he gave the Knicks this season. Really, just second stint D Rose by far leaps and bounds better than first stint D Rose. Okay, I love number four better than I love number twenty five. Let's just put it that way. We also <laughs> got sure. it. We. First place, got, vote. first place vote. He did get a vote. D Rose, sir. <laughs> that is, not, and, and people are going crazy about that. It's not Knicks. I'm sure there are like a little bit of Knicks fans out there that are D Rose high fan members. You know what I mean? But there's a big D Rose cult out there, like a mellow cult or like a Kobe cult. Like they, those guys exist. That's why he's getting, those are the fan votes. Let's keep that real. And, uh, it's not, Fully Knicks fans, because Knicks fans would have gone all in on Julius Randle. So, oh, that's just, true. But also, that's an ultimate compliment. If we have so many Knicks fans that we can affect the the vote like that, that's an ultimate compliment. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's that. I think that D, the D Rose, the second coming of D Rose, was a was a really fun story uh, this season in the NBA. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, for everything that he went through, from injuries to seeming like he was about to be out of the league, getting his Family fifty point stuff. game. Family stuff, the 50 point game in Minnesota and saying that he was back, him crying. You know, you go out to Detroit. He had an okay season last season. And now this season where you think we don't know what's going to happen to D Rose. You hear Dwayne Casey saying he's capped at 25, max 28 minutes. We get him. And then just adding on to the Cinderella story that we have with the New York Knicks, you, ha- you see Derek Rose just coming back into life and having a new game. Like truly a new game. He's not this crazy, hyper athletic, explosive guy who will just dunk on your face every single time <laughs> and just a one man wrecking crew in transition. He is facilitating, he's facilitating that he really wasn't doing when he was in Chicago. He is looking for guys. He's taking, he was shot very well from the three point range. Mid range is just, you know, has gone up. Everything about his game has just drastically improved and he still has speed. You know, he lost, he lost a step, but he still has a step, if you if you know what I mean. So, yep. Derek Rose, yep. happy that he was in consideration for Six Man of the Year. Uh, very dope that he got first place first place ballot votes for MVP. Um, not Knicks fans though, but 
Next guy we got to give his his uh, his, his flowers wow. for is, is – I'm going to say Tom Thibodeau because I'm going to save Randall for last because Randall did a lot. Yeah. Tom Thibodeau, coach of the year. I know people are out there thinking that yeah. Monty Monty Williams was deserving. My thing is this. Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns, we saw that they won that eight-game winning streak in the Orlando bubble. My thing is that if you're expected to make the playoffs once you get Chris Paul – then you got to top out at being the number one seed. If they had done that, it's it was very close to begin with. It was off by like 15 to 20 votes where Monty lost, but very close for, or, or I think it's points. It's either votes or points for how that thing works. But I yeah, think Tom I, Thibodeau. Yeah, go ahead. I, you know, it, it's before you get into like your specifics about Monty versus Tibbs, I think the coach of the year has become, as you said, the team of the year award. Like whichever team beats the expectations the most, that's who becomes the coach of the year. And I feel like that's been going on every year, but this year it's been more drastic. And I think, uh, we were looking at a analytic chart and the Knicks were, you know, high and far above the beat the expectations. And I think the second was the Suns. And even though they were second to the Knicks, the gap between them and the Knicks was huge compared to all the other teams. So you're right. It, it's, it's, it's really about the expectations, but I want like Tibbs, man. We, how do you go from expecting to win 21 and a half games to the fourth seed? How do you yeah. do that? I look, I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> you know what I, I got you, if you ask me how the Knicks did that, I really don't know how we did that. How do we go it's on that crazy win streak, dude? I have no idea. Dude, it's impressive. And, this is what I was getting into. Monty Williams, there was the expectation he had to make the, he had to make the playoffs. So how high are you going to make the playoffs now? Are you going to be the first, second seed? And that's why it was close because he was second seed. If he had won first, I would have to say, damn, Phoenix has to get this because Monty just did, you know, a tremendous job with Phoenix. If he had gotten the first best team in the NBA, very well deserving from being out of the playoffs, just being on the brink, you know, doing the plan in the bubble to just being the best overall. That's, I think, a higher achievement. But because he got second and you see Tom Thibodeau literally take a dog shit team from last <laughs> season with pretty much the same exact roster. Sure, we don't have uh, Bobby Portis. We don't have Wayne Ellington. You know, we don't have those guys. Wayne Ellington. Yeah, but tough. we still – Tough <laughs> You know, we don't have those guys, but the fact that we still had most of them here, right – and that you take him from a 21-win team to a 41-win team. And they were out of the playoffs completely. They weren't even expected to make the playoffs this season. And you get them to lock the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference and host a home home, like have home court advantage to host a playoff series. You got to give it to Tom Thibodeau for, for just quickly changing it around because we knew that Tibbs was going to instill a culture and accountability within the team. Boom. But to do it this quick, that's impressive. You hit it. That's what, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. It's not about, it's not even about the W's. And I, I, again, I I know it is the expectation award and that's why he got the award, but it's not even about that for me. And I don't even think it's about that for the NBA and the optics. It's, it's really about how the, the Knicks in Madison Square Garden has changed. All we, dude, we won. We won one game in the, in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? We did nothing. We didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but everything has changed. 
because of how the regular season was approached, how the playoffs were approached, how all the interviews were done, and how we showed up on the road. And honestly, man, how we performed, and honestly, how we performed when we were expected to lose. And the first thing that's coming up to mind for me is the West Coast. What is it like? The, what do we call it? The West Coast trip of death, or, what, or whatever we had called yeah, it. Yeah, it was. It was a grueling West Coast trip where it was. And we, we killed had six it. games. Yeah, we went three and three. So. Five hundred. Like that. That. That for me, like. Like that, that like solidified we, the culture because it, it was all fake, right? Everyone said, Oh, it's fake. We don't know. We don't know until we got to that point. And the last thing I'll add is I feel like we're sitting here and we feel like we had a semi successful season. Some would argue fully successful season, even though we literally won one game in the playoffs. And if the Suns were to lose to the Nuggets in the second round, it would be a failure of a season. You know what I'm trying oh, to say? So that that's a, that oh, like 100%. that's the expectations right in your eyes. It's not really about like what Vegas says or what I think or what you think or Chris Paul. Like it it's like think about it for two seconds. If if Chris Paul and Monty Williams and the Suns and Devin Booker lose to the Jamal Murray list Denver Nuggets, we're talking about how we're gonna blow up the Suns and how we're gonna you know trade for Devin Booker right now. I hear you. I hear you. And, and, you know, I know we're talking about playoffs and the playoffs are not counted for in uh, Coach of the Year. It's all regular season awards. So that's a good point. I get, I, I get that. But just regular season alone, if we're looking at regular season alone, what's more impressive? A team that's supposed to make the playoffs that, you know, is very well rounded. You know, Chris Paul raises the ceiling of any team. You, that him alone, he took the Oklahoma City Thunder team. That was not even supposed to make the playoffs last year, and then he got him to the fifth seed last year. With the talent that the Phoenix has, you knew it was going to take a major jump over the fifth seed. That's why I said at the beginning of the season, it's going to be more than the fifth seed. They're going to be in the top five, like easily. That talent alone, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Cam Payne, Cam Johnson, right? Yeah. You, you're just talking about it. Mikhail Bridges, it just, it just sounds easy over there. It's much easier for him. I love DeAndre Ayton so much. I know you do. I know you're just, you love center. So, and he's playing really well. He's playing really, really well in the playoffs, but that's why you got to give it to Tibbs. We talked enough Speaking about of most Tibbs. improved, bro. Speaking of most improved. I know. And this is the guy who gets all the shine, the piece of the resistant, Julius <laughs> Randle. My man had went from being a 360 turnover machine last season to winning the most improved. Placing eighth in MVP voting, second All NBA. My goodness gracious, the man legitimately put the team, the New York Knicks, on his back. Him and Thibodeau led this team to be where they are. He was the engine of the New York Knicks. You have to give him his flowers. He played seventy-one games, not seventy-two. He missed one game, one, one availability is the best ability, as we've been talking about on this podcast. You have to reward that he showed up for 71 games, was the engine for 71 games, helped them get to a 41-win season, and put the team on his back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like The he, whole city. The whole city on his back. We hear, He we really hear, did. That was the Hawks interview game, right? Or was it the Pelicans game? It was one of those two. I, was like, one I forgot which one. Because I was there, and I, I remember we all went nuts when he said that, and that's it. That's what we, that's what we all bought into. The we here. 
And he, he was right. We here and we here doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're the best, but we made that jump. We made the, the jump to relevance. We are here. We are relevant now. You have to start taking us seriously. That's all that it means. It doesn't mean that we're championship contenders. That doesn't mean we're going to win the East next season. We are here. We built something. We established something. The foundation is set. Now it's just moving it forward. You know, they have to make the playoffs again next, next year, win a couple more games, hopefully get out of the first round. That's what we here stands for. But talking about Julius Randle, you have to give the man his flowers. He did everything that you wanted him to legit just, from from him performing this season, reading the player tri- tribune article about himself and just holding oh, himself yeah. accountable, being real with himself, being like, just fully honest, knowing that he did not play up to the standard that he was supposed to, went back into the lab and came back in better shape, better conditioning, stronger, ha- improved from being a 28.0% three-point shooter to 41%. Crazy you know, jump. had an Crazy. effective field goal percentage around 57%, which is just insanity, you know, to make that type of leap as a player, astounding, just absolutely astounding. The man deserves every award that he earned this season. He deserves to be recognized. Okay. We're not going to talk about whether he's a one, two, three option. He proved that he's a really good player in this league and he deserves to be in top 15 conversations by the way he played this season. And he was available. Dude is a bull. He is an ox. Like, actually yeah. an ox. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and especially his uh, story about what he do, his routine on the road that yep. he got from the late, great Kobe Bryant and how that, obviously, he is Tibbs' culture on the court and in the oh, locker 100%. room. 100%. And when Tibbs isn't there. And we they talk about the sit-down dinner that the Knicks front office had with Julius Randle prior to them hiring Tibbs and that they basically the only man that fit that criteria was coach Tibbs. We had Julius Randle basically start making rookies stay late in the gym on the road and early, you know, late and early. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And for us, when you have such a cohesive team, Something like the COVID protocols, I feel like helped us. When you have the yes. Julius Randle around, when you have the positive influence around and you're forced to be around him, I feel like that resonates, especially when you add D Rose, like you mentioned at the top. I mean, that's, it, it's a really infectious. And you have infectious players in the locker room and thankfully it's positive. But Alex, Randle's on his last, the last year of his three year $60 million deal. It's partially guaranteed. Yeah. He's up, he's, he's up for his four year, $106 million extension, which is the max he could be offered this year. That would see, if you told me this last, like literally June 15th last year, I would think you're a crazy person. <laughs> if, you, if you tell me I, I want to sign Julius Mandel to the, to the max extension. And now we just went through all his accolades. Are you? saying we should pay him on his past performances? Do we think he's going to continue what he did this year? How do you approach the Knicks if you're Leon Rose? I think you give him the extension. I think you offer him the extension this offseason. I know people are saying wait and then pay him. He'll be up for a max 
which is a 200 plus million dollar contract. I love Randall. I think he's great. <laughs> 200 plus million for not your first option. Kind of a big problem yeah. in my eyes. You know what I mean? The cap will probably be higher. What? It will be higher. It'll be like 112. It was 109. Mm-hmm. Probably go. There's it, it, a small inc- increment, right? Yep. And I think next year is the last year, and then they have to negotiate again. And maybe you could take that massive leap, like it did back in 2016, where you start seeing all these bonker contracts, where you start seeing Timothy Mozgov getting like 70 million. You're like, what the hell is going on? Over here? <laughs> yeah, that was so crazy uh, years. Yeah, that was cool. Aldridge got a 50 million dollar deal that year too. Yeah, this, this is where we start. You're like, what? What are we doing with money? Yeah. Money is just a thing at that point, and it's comical. Yeah. Um. But look, uh, I would prefer to give him the extension over the max because you're going to need money to bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to pay RJ Barrett. You're going to have to pay, you know, let's just, let's just play the theoretical game that we have the core here. All right. Let's say that it's quickly RJ, uh, Randall and hell. Let's even throw Mitch into it. I, even though I know Mitch, this was just an odd year for Mitch and he got injured. Um, it's four dudes you got to pay. It's four dudes. Like you're, I get not everyone's going to stay, but you need a core at least, you know? So yeah, I, I, I would, I would give him the extension. We can go further into detail on another time because we got other, we got another topic that we got to cover today, but I'll, let me hear what you got, what you think first before we keep moving on. No, no. I mean, that's it. I was just like, he's going to be 31. Like, he's, he's not going to be like 50. You know what I mean? By the time that deal's over, he, it's not like this is going to be his only big deal. And, the, I think and he's going to get a huge, I think he's going to get a huge contract right after that extension. If that was offered, I just want to make that point. Like, I don't think he's, we feel like he's old that he's been around forever because he played with Kobe. But he really hasn't. He's so young. I know. He's 26, but he looks like he's like 30. <laughs> and he acts uh, like it too. He acts like he's 30 right now. And he's got a kid. So Yeah, true. And another one on the way. Congrats, Randall. Yeah, congrats to you, <laughs> on, you and your family on having another child on the way. But, I mean, I agree. 31, and the thing is that he's not a guard. He's a forward. So he's a big dude. He can develop. His, he could still modify his game where he may not have that speed at that point. But if he's still big, he could bully guys. And I know this is his prime and this is the, this is the, year, these are the years that you, you max out because mm-hmm. this is, this is it. You know, yep. this is, this is the year that you got to max out. Um, who knows? You can also give him an extension and they could also give him more money too and restructure it in another way. They yep. could always do that. Uh, yeah, you know, and this is Leon Rose, one of his agents, former agents to say, you know, worldwide West. We're talking about the guys who sat down with him asking him <laughs> what he needed. So I don't consider it the end all just by signing this contract. Guys renegotiate, can restructure their deal. It happens. Me, I don't, if you give him the opportunity to ask for 200 million, he's going to want 200 million. And you're going to say, you you know, the the thought about it is that how high is the ceiling that he's going to get 200 million? Do you think he's another Kawhi Leonard? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I don't honestly, if you're asking me right now, I don't see that. Like, I don't see another Kawhi where this is the dude that's going to lead you because we didn't see him in the playoffs. Everything could change next season. He's more like I Randolph. agree. He's more like Zebo. 
to me. Yeah, you know, and like I'll take that. Which is cool. Yeah, and I'll take Zeebo's that. I like Zebo. Yeah, yeah. I like Zebo when he was on the Grizzlies. You know, yeah, he's okay it on the Knicks. But like I'll take that. I like that. But I think we just got to be real on who we got to evaluate, right? Yeah, yeah. We got to evaluate what we're thinking over here and what we need to do. You want Kawhi to come over here? Well, we can't have two guys on 200 freaking million dollar contracts. Kawhi's not going nowhere. No, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah I know, Kawhi I know what you mean. I know, that that, that contract. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, I just don't want right. to even, I just don't even want to put that energy out. I just know, I don't even want to think, Kawhi's not coming. I uh, no, no, I don't, I don't think he's yeah, coming yeah. out. I'm just saying, yeah. if you want a player like him, he's right. going to want a contract though. Yeah. And this is New York and we know taxes in New York. So you got <laughs> to pay these dudes too. All right. All right, but John, speaking about free agency, paying guys, we got to get into the real conversation right now and get into guys on this team who are going to be free agents, all right? So we got a couple of guys who are going to be free agents uh, this upcoming offseason. We got, you know, everyone's favorite, Frank Nelkina. We got Derek Rose. We got Alec Burks. We got Nerlens Noel. We got Alfred Payton. We got Taj Gibson, Reggie Bullock, um, I believe Jared Harper and Theo Pinson are also due this offseason mm-hmm. as well. Because, yeah, they were both two ways and they both extended to be regular players at the end of the season. Actually, I, I know Harper did. I'm not 100% sure on Theo Pinson. I, I, I retract that statement. Um, but anyway, I'll check out Theo Pinson. But, John, Let's discuss free agency right now. Out of those guys, who do you want back that I just listed? Yeah, so yeah, Pinson is, does not have a contract either, but he has a cap hold uh, okay. right now. A, a couple, a couple of these players, I feel like, are guarantees to come back. Let's okay. start with that first. We have Taj Gibson. What do you think about that? Is Taj Gibson guaranteed to come back? Yes, easily. Okay, we have. Nerland's Noel, guaranteed to come back? No, I don't think he's coming back. Ooh, okay, okay, we'll leave that to the side. Our, our designated 12th man of the year, Theo Pinson, he's coming back? I think he's coming back. Me too, okay. So for me, those three were going to be my guarantees. So let's stop at Nerland's Really? Noel. You think at Nerland's Noel is going to be a guarantee? I got to hear this Yeah, one. Yeah, I do, because Nerland's number one, proved to the Knicks front office that he could play injured. He was beat mm-hmm. up all year long, and everybody knew that they did not have depth back there, and everybody knew that he was injured. If I could tell, sitting in the stands, that they, you know, they, they know very well how hurt he is, and he really proved to them on a very small deal on a contract year. I mean, Nerlens Noel, if he gets a severe injury this year, He's probably never going to get a big contract again in his life. And mm-hmm. so the way he battled out there, I think he was playing for a deal not only f- from someone in the league, but from the Knicks. However, if, of course, if someone comes and, you know, drastically overpays him, he'll take that deal. But I believe that players like Nerlens, like Tyson Chandler, they learn pretty quickly in this league that it's more about the fit. And you need a team that's going to fit towards your skill because you only, you're limited. You don't have an offense. So you need a team that just uses you as that big down low. And Tibbs does that. And so I think that 
Nerlens bounced around the league, man. Don't forget, he's been bouncing around. Yeah, so I, I, I know. So I don't think I, I. For me, that that's that's my take on it. Why why don't you think? I I know I asked you why it's a why it's a guarantee. So I'll I'll, I'll you know loosen that up a little bit, but. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen with Nolan Noel this offseason? I think he's going to go to another team. And my thing is this: it's not so Nolan's Noel. The Knicks would ha- then have to think about moving off of Mitchell Robinson, who's on a much cheaper deal for one more year, on one point eight. And because Nolan's proved that he could play, you know, through injury, that he could be a defensive anchor. Limited defense, defensive anchor. I, he, he st- when uh, if you have a healthy Mitchell Robinson that can last the entire season, it's just he is leaps and bounds much better than Nerlens Noel. Better offensive rebounder, which we were missing. Defensive rebounder, I think he's better. Uh, when it comes to defending the pick and roll and perimeter, perimeter, it is Mitchell Robinson all the way. Um, problem is, you got to be available. So I think they're good. I think the Knicks are going to give Mitch another chance. On 1.8 million. I think because why not? He's there on 1.8 million. The thing is, do you then, do you then give the only way Noel stays is that if we're paying him starters minute to be a backup or giving him a starting role and giving him multiple years. I don't know if that's what you want to do. If you want to see what you have in Mitchell Robinson. And this is where the center part gets very, very tricky. And I think they're going to lean more towards keeping that space open than using it on a center. And I think they'll allow Nerlens Noel to go to another team unless no one else wants him and they would bring him back. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, we're, we, we're, I mean, that's your opinion. I have my opinion and we're not going to know, you know, how it goes. So, I mean, I, I agree with you that that's definitely one way to look at it. Here's my question though. If Mitch Robinson gets hurt in the first month and we don't have Nerlens Noel, like what do we do? I think another way you can go about it is just drafting a center. <laughs> use one of those. I know we say Tibbs is not going to use one okay. of those picks. I think they're really going to. I think they're really evaluating right now. What do they want to do with the picks? Because they can go into the draft, and this is another top. This is another topic that we have to get sure. through is draft stuff down the line. But I think they're also going to evaluate: Can we get another center? Because it was reported, your boy, on the Detroit Pistons, the Knicks did like him. You know, the yeah. Knicks did think about drafting him. Unfortunately, he didn't fall that far. So, um, I think he was too exposed on defense in the playoffs, to be honest with you. Who? He's not in shape. Oh, it's talking about my boy on the Pistons, Isaiah Stewart. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I thought it was about, for some reason, Drummond came to the mind. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about your, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about Isaiah Stewart. Like the Knicks actually so, yeah. wanted Isaiah Stewart. Stewart. I love that um, guy. I love him so much. But the, I, I want to say that they necessarily want him. They were interested in him, and yeah. I think if he had fell far enough, they would have taken him. Would have taken him. Unfortunately, yeah. So yeah. So here's the here's. I mean, here here. If I'm the Knicks, I mean, I, I I'll, let's take this approach. If I'm the Knicks, I saw what happened when you don't have a center. Okay, we, uh, we we're not we're not the Nets. Okay, we can't play without a center. We can't put Jeff Green at center and move on. We just can't do it. Okay, so mm-hmm. I feel like with Nerlens, I would offer him. What would you offer him? Let's just end it on that. Let's end the Nerlens conversation on that. What do you offer? Him? I would offer him a one year, ten. He wouldn't take it. That's what I'm saying. I'd offer him a a, a, a one to two year, ten to twelve million dollars. That 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 would be my offer. 
I agree okay. with that offer. Okay, that's where I'm I at. Would, that's where I'm at. I, that's where I, I'm at. I, I agree <clears throat> with you with that offer. But we talked, you mentioned it at the top. He's bounced around. He wants a home. That's the dude a nice just home. Pro- New York is a very nice home. 20 mil to be a backup center is kind of nice. It is pretty nice. I agree with you. I agree with you. But he also values himself. He also views himself as a starter in this league. And he was a starter in this league. I don't know. Okay. So I think, uh, I, I think, I think this is my thing. I agree with the contract that you're stating. I 100% agree with you. I just think that so I think someone else is going to say, Nero's Noel played really good. If they're only going to offer him two years, $20 million, we will do four years, 40 million and lock him up. And I think you can still trade him. I think that that's the way they look sure. at it. Okay, and that, so I think, think, I think that's you think what they it's, do. You think it's Mitch Taj. And then we add a center. We either draft one or add like some mediocre guy. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay, all right. I think I think that's what's going to happen. Sadly, I would I would love Norris Noel back though. All right, let's get on to the next guys that we got to talk about for you: Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, D Rose. Who's coming back? Do you think any of those guys are guarantees to stay? Let's start. I don't. I don't believe that any of these guys are guarantees. Okay. None, none of these are 100%. I agree with you. I'll start with the most likely, I'm going to say, is D-Rose. I, I, okay, we're starting off on the same page. I agree with you. Yeah, so number one, yes, he likes L.A., and L.A. likes it. Like, he likes the, the, you know, the city of L.A., he has a house there, and the Lakers need a point guard, and so that sounds like a fantastic so fit. So do the Clippers. And so do the Clippers. You know, those all sound like fantastic fits. I get it. Derek Rose, the way he's been talking in his postgame press conferences, the way he talks about Tibbs, the way he talks about how he, how he doesn't watch basketball ever. Like he just like, he like goes home, he watches, like he doesn't pay attention, he doesn't care about any of that stuff. It looks like he's just so happy playing basketball in New York with Tibbs. He looks like he's got his family figured out. And so sometimes it's more than basketball. And I just think that D Rose will be back with the Knicks, with the Knicks. I would give it like a 70 30. I could get, I could get behind that. I, I agree with you. I think Derek Rose will want to stay in New York. I mean, he talked about it at the end of his presser. He loves it here. You know, he knows the Knicks are trying to do big things. He loves Tibbs. He loves being in that system. He's pretty much played with Tibbs for the most part throughout his entire career, whether it was in, you know, Chicago, Minnesota, and now New York. So I think he likes to stay with him. And when it comes to LA, I don't think he actually enjoys playing with Braun. He played with Braun on the Cavs. And next thing you know, he was traded. So. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I mean, people love to circulate the video on Twitter of him, you know, standing still while LeBron, Mel, and everyone else. I'm not actually, I don't remember Mel was in that one, but everyone else was like dancing and just like having fun. I think Drummond was also in that one. So, and he doesn't seem like he's comfortable doing that. I think he's strictly about his business and doing that. I, I love um, that video. Yeah, I love that video too. <laughs> I don't, I don't see if he goes to LA, I think it's with the Clippers to play with Kawhi. I don't think it's the Lakers, even though the Lakers are interested. But I, I, I think New York is, uh, is the one that's going to, because of how he was treated and how people were behind him. I think he's more sentimental in that way. That's how he plays. I feel like that's who he is. He, he attaches more to the sentimental value from moving outside of basketball as yes, well. I and I, I think New York agree with you 70 30. Burks and Bullock are very interesting. And I want to know your opinion on both of them because I could see, 
I feel like it's going to be an either or with them. I don't think it's going to be both. I could see both, but I really think it's more so of an either or because I think you can get an upgrade at either one of those guys for what they do. Because you have Reggie Block, who's your true three and D guy. And he played really well on defense, was a starter, shot really well after the all-star break, was up in the 40% range, really, really just got back on track after a poor first season with the Knicks and having that neck surgery. Alec Burks, we kind of know what he is. The numbers are consistent, but that doesn't mean he's consistent. We know he's a microwave scorer. He's either hot all day or he, you know, makes Antarctica looks like the Sahara Desert because Mm -hmm. he's just that cold. So... I could see him being here as well or going because he was doing more of like that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford. Yo, we need a bucket. Go create your own shot. You're really our only dude that can really do that. So please go do it. Um, I can see either one. I just can't see both, to be honest with you. What what are you feeling? Who do you think we hear more so? So I'll agree with your sentiment that it's either or and definitely not both. So we'll start there. Mm -hmm. And when you look at them on paper – Right, They're both 30 years old. Berg's had a larger contract before, but not by much. So let's just say they both have the same exact contract, right, for Mm -hmm. argument's sake. Then it goes into what those players are used for. Like you said, Reggie Bullock is our 3 and D. Sure, he wasn't the best. He wasn't the most consistent. But neither was our whole team in general. And Bullock in the playoffs, when he was hot, or when he was hot during the, during the regular season, during those games, it was nice. But Burks has the same argument, right? When mm-hmm. Burks was hot, he was winning games for us. We called him our X Factor all year long. And when he was off, he was, he would ruin games. You know what I mean? At the, at the end, he would literally ruin the game for us. So for me, it really goes down to fit on the team and utility. We kind of, Burks is replaceable. I feel like that's the best way I could put it. Burks is replaceable not only on our team, but Burks is replaceable with another player around the league. Reggie Bullock, he's also technically replaceable, as you know, a 3 and D wing, but they're just so hard to come by, and we definitely don't have a replacement for him on our current team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nobody is Reggie Bullock on this team. For argument's sake, Alec Burks is the backup to R.J. Barrett. You know what I mean? He's, he really is just R.J. Barrett light. And even though he's, you know, nine years older than him. So yeah. for me, I want someone that's better than R.J. Barrett at shooting guard. No, not, you know what I mean? Not pay someone seven to 10 million to be, you know, our R.J. Barrett light who's 21 years old. That's kind of my view on it. So. Burke's replaceable. I love you, man. If nobody wants you, if you can't find any cash, which I doubt you had a really good year, I feel like he's going to get a contract somewhere. Oh, But if nobody wants you, I'll take you. It feels like, you know, it feels like he's definitely going to have a nice fit somewhere. Bullock, I feel like he's staying. Especially his whole family thing too, man. His whole You talk about Players Tribune. A lot of our players have a lot of Player Tribune articles that I'm saying it out loud. But Bullock's article about his family, his sisters, man – I love Bullock. You know, I, I really just want him to stay. Yeah, I like Bullock too. And I think he's the more likely one to stay because of your sentiment three and D. We don't have another three and D guy on this team. And my sorry, Lee, too- Kevin Knox is not a three and D guy. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and my thing with Bullock is that Tibbs, as soon as he came back from injury, Tibbs was like, yo, you're starting. Go, we're not even thinking about this. Go back in there. 
Tibbs loved the dude, ran him. He didn't even play Burks that much. I think that also showed in the playoffs, I mean. And I think that shows you how much Tibbs had trust in Bullock than he did in Burks. And kind of understandable. I mean, Burks was also our emergency point guard. He did a lot, could turn the ball over. If he's not feeling it, he's really not feeling it, like I said. Bullock, for as much as we could say that he could be inconsistent, he was very consistent after the All-Star break. I think that's more so who he is rather than what we saw at the beginning of the season. Um, From Alex, from... I know, and me saying that, me saying that about Bullock after I was like, I wanted, like, I was the guy with the pitchfork, the flight, the torches ready to get this man out of the town. He was bothering me that first half. I can, I, I can grow, growth. All right. It's amazing. Amazing. Growth. Uh, and that's using the, uh, what's it called? Um, oh my goodness gracious. I love the show too. Oh my goodness. It'll come to me. Um, but you know that's props insecure, to the insecure me, the insecure okay. me, growth. Yeah, uh, right, right. That's uh, props to Bullock though, because you were hate you you were, you were hating on him, and he turned you, and he you know he really underperformed in the playoffs. So that's kudos to Bullock. You know what I mean? That means he did and, something to show you during the season that he deserves to be back next year. But and the other thing is, when it comes to three and D guys, we see guys who don't even play defense, like D- Davis Bertans got like massive contracts. I don't think Jeez. Bullock is going to get that massive type type of contract. I think he's actually going to get a reasonable contract, and for a three and D wing on a reasonable contract, I'll take that more so than an X factor and Alec Burks. And it, I, I know you're saying R.J. Barrett. I would say the closest thing that could replace him is Emmanuel Quickly, who could be more creative. I think with an off season, he could do. Just a little bit close to what you need out of him, being a shot creator, getting three and just get hot and just shooting because that's also what quickly was as a rookie. So I'm not saying he's going to be Lou Williams. I know he loves Lou Williams. I get that. (laughs) If he gets to that point, phenomenal. And I think he can get to that point. He needs time. He needs to be able to attack the rim better. He needs to be able to be a better playmaker. I think he can get that way with time. He's only 21 years old. He'll be 22 next season. I'm sure quickly could do that. And I think you could invest there rather than bringing Burks back. That's why I think Bullock is going to be the guy coming back. Deal. I think we're on the same page there, which really leads us to two more guys, dude. Two more guys. And I think it's funny how we did this. The, the least too likely, I believe that will be signed. And I don't know. I don't know how you feel about these guys future with the Knicks, but Frankie smokes. The way that, the way that Tibbs treated him in the playoffs, man, made me super sick to my stomach. And the way that Alfred Payton treated us and the Knicks and the game during the playoffs really made me sick to my stomach. So I really yeah. don't see these two guys I don't uh, coming here back. at all. I don't see them. And including Jared Harper because he got promoted right. from the two-way to the – I don't see Jared Harper coming back. He's not the point guard of the future. You know, we got Villadoza. We got Luca Villadoza from go. Argentina. I think that's easily replacing uh, Jared Harper. I don't even think that's a, that's a question. And then um, with regards to – uh, who is it? With regards to Frankie Smokes, Frankie Smokes and Alfred Payton. Let's just, let's just, I'm going to start it off with Alfred Payton because I know everyone's going to want to hear the, the singing endorsement of Frankie Smokes. I'm not even like the biggest Frankie Smokes stand out there. I am, but I, I know, I know it was just crazy. I, 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 I love Frank, but I'm not the biggest one out yeah, there. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, let's start with Alfred Payton because I'm not going to end on him. Alfred <laughs> Payton, I feel bad for you. And I think there, there's fair, I, I think there's fair, like, uh, criticism that you got. I think there's unfair criticism that he got. 
I think the fair criticism that he got is that he's not a shot creator. He doesn't have, he can't space the floor for you offensively. He stopped producing as a facilitator, as we saw last season, going from seven assists down to three and then just consistently taking to the rack and just either bricking it and stuff like that. I get that is part of the system that you're coming into with Tom Thibodeau and we were running it through Julius Randle. So I'll give you credence for that. However, you can still pass it to other guys other than Julius Randle. You can get it to Bullock. You can get it to Barrett. You can get it to somebody else. And I didn't see much of that this season. That's where I will give him criticism, okay? The unfair criticism is from the fans who just keep going at him. We get it. Like, I get it. He's not He's not our point guard of the future. After the trade deadline, if he wasn't going to get traded, if he wasn't going to waive it to go to another team, we knew what it was, Okay. And I just, I specifically remember after the Minnesota Timberwolves game where everyone was just going off on this guy because he had two plays back to back that just stunk it up. And yes, bad plays by him. <laughs> Tough plays. But I, I get it. Like I totally get it. All right. But at the same time, he is a human being. Like it's not his fault that he's in a situation that's not built for him. Okay. Put him on the LA Clippers, put him on another team. We have all this shooting. He's able to attack the lane and get to the rim much easier than going into with our system where it's like Randall. Barrett, even though they shot well from three, they're not really three point shooters, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They're not yep. the guys who are just going to be knocking it down all the time, even though they shot it really well, percentage wise. Um, so you have guys just clogging the paint and you have Neurons Noel out there and Reggie Bullock, the only guy who's supposed to be your three point shooter. That's where I don't find it fair. Like, what's we, we see what it is. And I know people wanted quickly. I know people wanted Rose. We saw what happened with Rose. Second unit was just dire. I believe if you did the same thing with quickly putting him into the starting unit, you get another dire second unit, okay? I yep. think it's the same thing. So, unfortunately, he was just a product of the system he was put in. I don't put it that much blame on him for that. However, what I'll also say, and I know this is very long, I feel bad for him for how I saw him in Boston. Dude looked defeated. However, Dude, if, you're not cheering, if you're not cheering in the playoffs for your teammates, if you're not cheering for your teammates in general, when you're on the bench, get out of here. Like Dude, that's I, that, that's that unacceptable. Player. I I can't stand that kid. That that kid, that kid on my team that's always sitting in the back, like looking down. And can't not do it. I can't stand him. Can't and, do it. And I agree with you. I definitely shared that sympathy for Alfred watching him. You know, in human person sitting on the bench in the end. But I also it also pissed me off that he that he looks that he he's just not checked. He's completely checked out on the court and off the court. And again, maybe for him. It's fair. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know. Maybe they tell mm-hmm. him one thing and they do another. Maybe they, you know, treat him poorly. And maybe, you know, they say, you know, really mean things about Alfred Payton to, you know, to his face. Whatever happens, that, that's fine and we don't know. But what we do know is the effort that you put on the court. And that's, it was honestly unacceptable. And that's, that's what really where we were going with it. And the fact that his family was getting into Twitter and like kind of being happy that the Knicks lost, it kind of just validated us. Like, okay, like you're mad at us, but you're doing the same thing. So it's whatever, man. Like, just leave the team. Like, it's not a big deal. We don't want you anymore. So Payton's going to be gone. I'm not going to be upset if we sign Frank as our, you know, backup, 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 backup point guard to just sit there. But, you know. I don't think, I don't think there's really much out of Frank. I'd rather honestly just have the roster spot for someone else. Yes. At this point. I agree. And I think, you know, it's not, what's, what's unpacked this for Frank, right? Four years, four different head coaches. All right. <laughs> yeah. Not fair. It's not fair. You don't, it's not fair at all. You have, you're brought in to be a project 
for uh, Hornacek. And God, though, I really J- try to forget those years, bro. You know, like I know. You know, like that one girl you just like you just want to completely forget, like it just yes. never happened. That's yes. Jeff Hornacek, bro. That's yes. Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> I know that feeling exactly. I know that feeling one hundred percent. We all have those, okay? Trust me. I wish I could burn that from the back of my memory. It's Jeff um, Hornacek, bro. Just call it. It's a Jeff Hornacek. It is Jeff Hornacek. But look, he was supposed to be a project under Phil Jackson for the Triangle System. Phil gets fired. It's no, Hornacek. No, he had Derek Fisher. Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's not even go there. I'm so <laughs> angry about that one. Hornacek, not there. Fired. Now you get David Fisdale. David Fisdale doesn't really play him his first year. Second year, kind of get gets him because it's just like, all right, I have to use it because I don't have Peyton. I don't have DSJ. But you're the de facto point guard. And then under Fisdale gets fired, and then you have interim head coach Mike Miller. And now you get Tom Thibodeau, the defensive guru, who didn't even use his defensive guy, who's known for defense, and Frank Nelkina. And I don't blame the, any. I don't blame a lot of this on Frank because if you're in a toxic environment where you're changing head coaches and there's nothing stable and you don't have a development program, it's not all on you. However, I also will put on you that there's you, you could still make the most of it, like come in and try to do something, like yeah. figure it out, you know, and be a better guy to, to a certain extent, like find the trainers, do all these things. I can go there. I don't put it mostly on Frank. I put it mostly on the organization for for the failure of Frank. And I agree. I agree. He's development. He's a developmental point guard. We all knew who he was a developmental point guard, and we never developed him. I mean, at best, he's he's Dennis Schroeder, and what does that really do for us? Nothing. At best, at best, that's if if he becomes Kobe Bryant in his head, he's going to become Dennis Schroeder, and what does that really uh, do for us? I look, I don't even want Dennis Schroeder on this team. Like I like Schroeder too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Player, I don't even want him on this team. That's the whole so, thing. So what's yeah. the point of Frank? And like the, and look, even at point guard, you know, he was good in the second on the second unit last season. This season, once again, he's more of a wing player. He wasn't even a point guard, you know, and when he was used to a point guard, he just didn't look comfortable. So he's not a point guard. He's a wing. He's supposed to be a three and really his role should be a three and D guy. Honestly, like emergency yeah. ball handler, we and he has a little that. bit of handle. We were, I really thought that Tibbs was going to do that, man. And uh, you know, unfortunately, he got injured. He had he had moments where he flashed that he was playing well. He that had was he such had a moments, tough, dude. That was such he a had tough, moments. That was a, such a pivotal moment in our season, a pivotal moment in his career, and he just couldn't get on the court. I remember. Yeah, that groin, man. That groin injury is real. Every single season, it's that groin. Um, so. I feel bad for him. I think, you know, the qualifying offer for him will be 11 million. I don't know. I don't know. how. Uh, like, and the joke is, the joke is 11 million is nothing, right? It is really nothing in the whole grand scheme of like the contract value today. That's what I'm trying to give Nerlens. <laughs> but you look at guys like Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, Nerlens Noel, who took much less and produced wa- much more. Yeah. I can't so, justify so. giving a qualifying offer to Frank Nilakina for 11 million. I just can't do it. All right. And I like Frank. I hope, I think he will have a decent career in the NBA. I think he needs another, I need think he needs another team to go show what he has. It ain't going to be with the next man. Unfortunately, we didn't do him right. We didn't dirty for three of the four years. Um, I think he's got, I don't, I, I you know, unless, unless somehow magically he can get less and no one offers him anything. But eleven million? Nah, I'm sorry. Could I could I could I say something blasphemous? Sure. I think you should end up in Dallas or 
follow Rick Carlisle anywhere he goes. Like if Carlisle's a rumor that he goes to the Bucks, go to the Bucks. You, you like you can fit there too. Like that type of system, like Spurs, something slow yeah. defense. Spurs, Spurs, Bucks, Grizzlies, down. maybe even. Uh, the, Grizzlies would be good for him, you know. I think Grizzlies would be good. Even for Raptors, him. he could hang out. He could hang out in Toronto. Something yeah, like absolutely. That. I think I think those teams are his pace. You yeah. know, Nick Nurse would definitely help him develop. Um, but yeah, that's it. That, that, yeah. That, I think that's I think that's my that's my my parting my parting message for Frank. Like, I think this is it, man. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's it. Um, and look, we covered all the guys who we think are going to be back. Uh, okay, wait, no, wait. Let me let me let me just go on. Couple, couple things because you mentioned Luca Valdoza. His, he has a 3.3 million non-guaranteed. I assume you think he's going to be picked up. I do too, right? You think he's going to be picked up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's being picked up. He's playing the first year. That's not a question. You're not, not doing that, not to see what he's doing. We have, then we have Julius Randle. We kind of talked at the very top about that extension and we kind of both want that max extension. Yeah. That leaves one more, two more, two more contract questions. One is a joke, but one, is Norval Pell. Do you think we're going to give him his 1.7? It's non-guaranteed. I was annoyed that he didn't play in the playoffs, man. You know, here's the thing about Norval Pell. He's, he's another guy who just doesn't get a lot of shots because I think he, like, as a center, like, we know he's a, a shot blocker, but it, how much is he actually doing on the court? You know what I mean? Like, has he, I would say at that point, he's a hold. You wait okay. to see. You wait to see what you get in the market, and if anything, there's your backup. There's your backup, backup, backup. You know what I mean? Fourth string behind Tosh. Okay, but oh, he's yeah. a power forward. Oh, yeah. He's listed as. But I don't know. It just bothered me they didn't play. I don't think. I don't think he's gonna get the one point seven. Honestly, probably not. But I think you. I think he's a hold and wait. You know, you hold okay. and wait and see what happens. Um, who's the last one? Last don't one of our guys. No, don't. You know it's coming. It's Kevin Knox. No, no, no. It's not. It's not Kevin Knox. It's even better. It's our last year of paying Joakim Noah, baby. Six million dollars. <laughs> How do you feel about that contract? Hold, hold her or what? Are we holding it? Are you excited about that one? I'll piss on it. That's how I feel about that one. <laughs> I just have um, to throw that out there. I'm excited that this is the last year of, uh, Joakim Noah. We could finally. I thought you were going to ask if they're going to pick up, uh, Kevin Knox's fourth year rookie, uh, contract. <laughs> we could talk about, the, we could, we could talk about the pickups. Yeah, I mean, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need. I think those are pretty, I think those are, I think those are pretty standard. They're, they're going to happen. Like, how are you not going to pick up? We're obviously picking up Kevin Knox. Yeah, that's, you're not letting him walk. You're not yeah. letting him walk. You're going to try to get some sort of value on him and not let him walk. He'd have to be Anthony Bennett bad that you let him walk. Yeah, and he's not, I he's agree. not Anthony Bennett bad. All right. So. I agree. He's fine. And then I guess lastly, the last point I'll make on this whole, you know, our, our quote unquote, our guys. Is I need D Rose and IQ to be our starting one and two off the bench. Yeah. That's it. Stay on the bench. RJ Barrett, you could be our starting two or whatever it is. We'll figure out two or three, depending on how we get. And we need a starting point guard. Like, yes, D Rose is fine. You can stay. We talked about IQ, but they have to be our one and two off the bench. Yeah. We need a point guard. It's the age old question. You know, we're going to get into it because we got guys who are like Kyle Lowry who are free agents. We got Mike Connell. He's another free agent. There's, there's, there's past the Knicks can take this offseason. We will get that. We'll get into that later. Um, but as of right now, I agree. Point guard is definitely the need. Definitely want to see D Rose and IQ work in that bench unit again. 
just to get, you know, we need that power punch off the bench. But John, let's, let's quickly get into some few topics. All right. Few topics I want to get into because Phoenix Suns just swept the living daylights out of <laughs> the Denver Nuggets and the league MVP, Nikola Jokic, who got ejected, by the way, which a lot of things to go on with that. Um, and then we have the Milwaukee Bucks just fumble the freaking ball to the Brooklyn Nets and they could have been up three, two. Instead, Brooklyn Nets are up three, two. I don't know how that happens, but well, I know how that happens, but I, I we could, we could discuss. So which one do you want to go with first? Suns, Nuggets? Right. I, I like Nets, this. I like Bucks. this. I like this, et cetera section. I really do because both series have honestly been fantastic, man. Let's start off on the West Coast. Give the Suns their due. They deserve it. Suns in four, like that guy in the stand said when he beat up that those Nuggets punks who honestly sucker punched that guy in the head. And then he beat them, he, he, he beat them up holding their chain. Called Suns in four. Now Dev, now D book is looking for that guy's number. So kudos to the Suns. They put their money where their mouth is. They stopped the league MVP. My boy, DeAndre Ayton is on the map. He honestly shut down the Joker. This Dude, series. completely Dude. shut him down. Dude, I know Jokic was getting 20 points and I like got some 10 rebound games, but still that's for your league MVP who's used to like 30 and more. That's, that's a performance. That's what it was all about, man. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't, he, he couldn't facilitate the ball. He's their point guard. And, and he Andre stopped all that, bro. It was dude. sick. It was honestly, it was honestly such a joy to watch that series. And it was a joy to watch Devin Booker come into his own when Chris Paul yes. had that crazy injury. It was yes. crazy to watch Chris Paul. I mean, I guess he definitely has no feeling in his arm. But <laughs> 30, he dropped 30 plus points all mid range. Sick. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's just so fun to watch. I'm going to say something a little blasphemous, but watching the Suns on TV reminds me of the Garden. It just reminds me of it. They're yelling. They're 100%. 100%. Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix Suns, that arena is is MSG West. Facts. It, they're, we're the orange and blue. They're the orange and purple. Yeah. That's, it's fine. It's fine. What a crazy oh, I series, dude. I, dude. I'm, I'm excited for the Western Conference Finals. Dude, them and the Jazz are good. I think it's going to be the Jazz that's, that's going to take out uh, the Clips. Ooh. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're 2-2 right now. Clips that's are your jazz. interesting. That's your Jazz. Your boy Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, Gobert. man. All right. Let's calm down the Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> I'll take Donovan Mitchell, though. Because um, I also do like Kawhi. But I just don't. There's something about the Clippers. It's the no-point guard stuff, man. It's the no, it's point, no point guard, guard stuff. Like you're, you're no really going to tell me you're going to tell me Reggie Jackson is going to be the guy that's going to. I know the fact that rough. the fact that you could pick and roll Zubash to death drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, I think it's going to be the Jazz. We're not we're not going to go heavily into the Jazz because that series sure, is still going sure, on. Yeah, yeah. All right, and we're not going to go into the Hawks and and uh, Philly because that's also tied up. Uh, Hawks won the most recent game in ATL. They're Love going that. back to Philly. Love that. Hey, Atlanta's a good Love team. It. They Love took it. the Knicks out. It's a good. They're a good team. I'm not rooting for the Hawks to win, but this is just validation. The Hawks are a good team. I am. Um, Let's go Hawks. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know you hate Philly. I know you hate Philly. Uh, let's get into the Bucks and Nets because. I thought the Bucks. I didn't actually think the Bucks were going to have it tonight. They had a lead. They should have won. Nets come back, win a close game. By the way, 
Yeah, KD. And yeah, KD, KD showed up. Um, Harden looked terrible tonight. Just god awful. Well, he's a decoy. He has no hamstring. Yeah, but it's it's the fact that even still having KD with Giannis is a two time MVP. I know Katie's a one time MVP, but what is going on, man? Why, why, why am I watching Giannis take a lot of threes? Granted, he was hitting them tonight. Why am I watching that? Why is he not working in the post? What, why? You want to? You're gonna be upset. Don't. I know it's Mike Budenholzer, so don't. No, even get me. dude. No, it's not. Your your Greek brother is the most overrated MVP, especially two time MVP of all time. Wow, all time. That hurts. I know. I'm sorry to say, dude. He has. He has. He he can't shake Blake Griffin from 30 feet from the basket. I won't say that he's. You know, he's looking more and more overrated. I will give you that. I don't. That's like why to he's say shooting it. threes. That's why he's shooting threes. That's why because he can't shake Blake Griffin 30 feet from the basket. Which is I know, insane. and I and I hate <laughs> say, and I hate saying that because one, he is my fellow Greek brethren, um, but it's unfortunately it's the truth and. It's he, he's Scottie Pippen. That's what I. Really that's, that, that's what and I. And that's fine. That's he really he could is. be Scottie Pippen, but he's just Scottie Pippen can't be. He, he, Scottie Pippen's not winning you a chip. We we saw what we and we saw that with the Bulls. Scottie Pippen's not winning you a chip. We know that he'll bring you but far though. He'll do well. He will take you far. And I just, I guess what what hurts is that you know you're he's touted so much. I think there was a lot of high expectations because he was doing LeBronish type things, big. Taking it to the rack, unstoppable. Taking it to the rack, and to give him his length also his numbers, makes him that his much. Numbers are sick. Yeah, the numbers are sick. But the thing I will say that LeBron does, I think this is where the LeBronish type hype was coming up, and that's like, this is why I think he's overrated. Is he does have a, he does have a jumper, man. Like, what else does he have? You know, <laughs> and this is where Harden and I hate that Harden was right. He's like Harden's like I'm more talented. I do more than what Giannis does. He's like he's just tall, you know. Of course, like essentially, and. Harden can Not cross off any away. human being on the earth. Yeah, 100%. That's a fact. Giannis and can get through with Blake Griffin. It's, you know it's, what I'm saying? It is brutal to watch. But <laughs> I also I have to I also have to put blame on Mike Budenholzer too because he's he came in to take this team to another level. And it's the same thing that we keep seeing. Why is Brooke Lopez not taking Jeff Green to the rack? Like he switches on to you numerous times and you're taking like a 12-foot Bunny hook shot. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but I'll, I'll, I'll talking about this series specifically. The Bucks and the Nets. I'll say the Bucks always, and the Nets now that their superstars are out, meaning Kyrie's out and Harden in the shell himself, so he's out. Both these teams now really are relying on their role players, and both their role players are going to be. On fire at home. You need them to produce at home. You saw what Shamit did. You you see you, you know tonight in Brooklyn. You see what the Bucks can do when they're at home, and that's how the series has been going. Yeah, it's the Nets needed this. The Nets needed this. the Nets would have lost in six if they lost this game. Yeah, I think I think the one thing they should have done is play giving Bobby Portis more minutes than Giannis's brother than uh, Thanias. But yeah, Thanasis. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think that Bobby Portis is probably going to play a lot more. That's when players and like OG, Bobby P come through, man. They come through at home. I think that that's what game six is going to be all about. Game six is, yeah, and he came through Bucks. in game four. He came through in game four. But 
this is this is where I blame Mike Budenholzer. Like, why is Pat Connaughton not getting more minutes in the first two games, and now he's starting to get more minutes? Why is Bobby Portis not being something you bring in? The Niners doesn't do anything. Like, what are we doing out here? Like, he's a guy that comes in when it's just waste minutes. All right. Like, we saw him on the Knicks. We know what he does. He hasn't. He hasn't done much afterwards. Okay. Uh, great hype man, but yeah, there's not much. So this is where that's where I get on Mike Budenholzer because you you need to know how to make the adjustments, and he's not good at making adjustments. He he sticks to the same script. Throughout the regular season, into the postseason, and then you have the same. Then your 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 wide receiver is weird. Like it's just really weird. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. You know? I think I also I think the Bucks feel the same way you do, man. And I think that's why the Rick Carlisle rumors manifested when they were down two zero, and then oh they're magically back two two. Everything's okay. I really do think they lose this series, especially with the injuries. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Who knows? gone if they yeah. lose. Yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, I'll say, that, hold and, on. Lose at all because if the Bucks win Game Six and then and the Bucks lose in seven to the Nets, are we really firing the coach? Yes. Okay. Yes. No, you have to. I'm sorry. You had a chance tonight to win and you didn't. And players <laughs> like Bobby Portis, who can work in the post better than Brooke Lopez, is not getting his chance. So sure. I can't. You can't. I cannot. You can't justify that. And I guess the last thing before we we get out of here. Rumors. Our boy, who used to coach the Knicks, getting head coaching rumors once again, as he had coached not only the New York Knicks, he coached the Phoenix Suns prior to the Knicks. He coached the LA Lakers. He coached the Houston Rockets. He's now an assistant coach on this very Brooklyn Nets team, getting rumors to the Portland Trailblazers. Mike D'Antoni. What do you think about that? Quick. We, uh, this, we're about to wrap up. This is the last topic. Last topic. I think they hired Chauncey Billups. Okay, I agree. I think they should go with Chauncey over. Uh, and then over I could Mike see D'Antoni. I could see D'Antoni getting on that assistant bench to to try to you know take over for Chauncey mm. if he messes up. Mm. Uh, I, I think don't, I, for some reason. One thing I'll say though: these these new rookie head coaches got to start manning up and saying, "I'm not going to put the guy who's going to overtake my throne on my on my bench because that keeps happening." Like, who's putting Tyrone Lue on your bench? Stop putting him on your bench. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like players, like I don't know. That that's a weird tangent, but uh, I'll stop there because Doc Rivers right. loves assistant coaches over there. But I don't know. Just that stuff. That stuff makes me feel weird. But I think Chauncey's going to take it. I, I think can see Chauncey being on that bench. I really do. Could see that. I think Chauncey should be the guy to get it. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. Mike D'Antonio wants another head coaching job. Who knows? Maybe it's even the Bucks. That'd be. Pretty he should just be an offensive coordinator, man. He's annoying. Uh, I, I agree 100%. But that's it, John. That that covers all our et cetera portions. We cover the Knicks. Good job. Oh, Good last job. thing. Melo's definitely not going to stay in Portland if D'Antoni's there. Oh, absolutely not. So, but Melo would definitely stay in Portland if Chauncey's there. 100%. If they bring in D'Antoni, Melo's coming home. Calling it right now. Uh, but Chauncey, it's pretty much over. Probably staying there. Oh, 100%. That is not even a question. Um, yeah. So, John, Good show. Good make episode. sure, make sure you want to learn more about this Knicks offseason. You catch the new nickname Alex got today, guys. The KFTV Alex. You check out his latest post. He's killing it out there. I mean, he's been he's been rocking on the on the on the 
post game for the Knicks Fan TV for a while now, especially when CP was doing live shows. Alex was holding it down. So make sure. That's just one of Alex's sites that he writes on. But just make sure to catch Alex's last piece on Knicks Fan TV. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Waiting for that jet press, bro. Waiting for that jet press. Got you, man. We're coming back. We're coming back. Mini camp is here. We here. We got more things coming up our way with regards to well, we did, free we did the hometown. Yeah, we did the hometown boys this time. We're gonna start we're gonna start taking a look at what the what the market has to offer for us now. Yeah, we're gonna check we're gonna do more free agent talk. We got draft stuff coming up because guess what? July end of July, August second, <laughs> it's it's coming pretty quick. So thankful we're not it. in the water, so we don't have to worry about the top guys. We can just worry about the lesser guys and be like, hey, maybe we move up. We maybe we consolidate a couple things. We'll don't, we'll we don't know. We'll see what happens, but we'll talk about it. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. Make sure to give us a five-star review and leave a comment. If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever it's called, I don't really know. We're also available on all streaming <laughs> platforms, whatever it's Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, you name it. We are there on all listening platforms. On top of that, please make sure to go check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yo, John came up with the fire Spider-Man meme with Jamal Adams and KP. Go make sure to check that out on Twitter, Facebook, and IG. Oh, we'll be we got talking people. about Jamal. We'll be talking about Jamal soon. We, we got, Jamal we got, we got, we got things in the comments. Oh, we're going to talk about Jamal Adams because we are winning this trade too, man. Not only did we win the KP trade, we're winning the Jamal Adams trade easily, easily. All right. Catch you later, everyone. Let's go, Knicks. <laughs>